0: Hello, hello. Hello, hello.
1: I'm Kate. And I'm Allison. And we are, we are
0: the itty bitty wedding, wedding committee. committee. Yay! Hello, how is it going, everybody?
1: Hopefully, your week is off to a great start. Happy Hop Day!
0: <laughs> yes, I always forget that we we air this on Wednesdays, but yes. we record on Tuesdays, so it gets it gets lost in the lag.
1: We're time traveling, sort of. We're in the future
0: 100%. or the past. I don't know.
1: I'm I can't.
0: <laughs> so
1: well, today, you tired today too. I am. I'm I'm like good tired though. Like it's like the kind of tired where you like you're recouping. And you were productive today, and so now you're like, I could go to bed right now at six (laughs) o'clock.
0: Put on your PJ pants, curl on the couch, don't do anything.
1: Yeah, yeah, I still have to, like, feed myself, but after that, all bets are off. No, that's not true. I have a call after this. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it! Hopefully it's a short call.
0: Okay, fingers crossed. I'm rooting for it being a short call.
1: Yeah, it it will be... No, not really. It's kind of like a volunteer thing. Um, So I advise um, the VP finance for um, DePaul's Delta Gamma chapter. Um, And so I'm the chapter finance advisor. So we have a call today to go over some budget things, which is not fun to talk about, but hopefully it's something that's like we can like figure out real quick so I can go to bed.
0: Yes. And not stress because it's not your money. So yeah, exactly.
1: And it's kind of nice because it's like, I don't really like my advising style is very like, I can give advice and, you know, kind of give support. like, I don't really tell them what to do or how to do things as long as they're, you know, doing their job within the confines of what they're supposed to be doing. And so I really just let, remind them like you know this is your role like you are the vice president I'm just here to support you so I think it makes it it takes off some of the stress for me because it's like I'm not the one that has to do things (laughs)
0: yes and you empower them to make their own decisions and to feel confident doing that
1: yeah she's such a peach too I love her she's awesome that's so nice
0: well today we are also advising and empowering you to make your own decisions when it comes to deciding whether or not you want to enter the wedding industry
1: Dun dun dun. I'm just kidding. It's it's fun to work in this industry.
0: (laughs) Usually. I I remember, I think it was last week we were talking about this topic and I pitched it to you. And you were like, why would anyone join the industry right now? (laughs) Because it is, it's a it's a dicey time for sure, Mm -hmm. but it looks like Uh, things are you never
1: know. I feel like to kind of turn that on its head, like if there's any time to try something new, now is a good time to do it because you can kind of like ease yourself into it, kind of get, you know, your footing a little bit. So by the time things really start rocking and rolling, you kind of got your foot in the door
0: or your toe and, dipped in the pool or whatever. And bonus, if you, if you drop out and you don't like it and you quote unquote fail, just blame COVID. COVID did that to you. You didn't do yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> it's COVID's fault. <laughs> but, but yeah, there are, there a are so topic many topic I'm excited to talk about. Yeah. There are always so many people reaching out. I'm sure you get this too, but Probably two times a week or so, I get an inquiry from someone who's in college asking for an interview or a mentoring session or to let them know about internship opportunities or Mm -hmm. I'll just get an email from somebody who says, hey, I'm in a totally different field, but are you looking for assistance? I'd love to get into this. And there's a right and a wrong way to approach that. And there's also some stuff you'll want to consider when you're thinking about joining the industry. So yeah, Alison, I know you and I both got into this in a roundabout way too, where we yeah. fell into it, but didn't necessarily go to school for yeah, this.
1: exactly. Like
0: if we would have stuck to
1: what we thought we were going to be doing before we joined the industry, this would be a veterinary slash biology slash therapy podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which would not be all bad. Yeah, I would love Yeah, it. that would
1: actually be interesting. But yeah, like I feel like we both have like similar paths of kind of falling into this industry in a very kind of roundabout, interesting way. And um, I think for me, like, I, because I do know sometimes people are just like, oh, you know, like, I think I'll try to do this. Like, you know, some people kind of fall into the industry that way. And I think for me, like, I always kind of had it in the back of my mind. I just didn't really know how to go about it, one. And two, I didn't really know where in the industry I wanted to kind of position myself. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. And it's always interesting to hear kind of like the different backstories from, you know, other people that we know of, like how they ended up doing, you know, where they are now. Um, So I'd like to preface all of what we're about to say by saying that there isn't, there isn't one path to ending up in the wedding and event industry. Like there's so many ways that you can kind of, find yourself you know ending up you know in the industry and it's just about you know going about it the right way but it doesn't necessarily look the same for everyone
0: Yep. and I think in Chicago it'll look a little bit different than it looks in the suburbs mm-hmm. and that'll look different than it looks in Tulsa than it looks in San Francisco than it looks in New York I don't know why I said Tulsa and with all the other big I was cities, like that was
1: really specific
0: <laughs> I think I think Shout it's because out I Oklahoma. just I just watched Watchmen, so I feel like Tulsa is at the top of my mind. <laughs> the show? Um, yes. Oh, nice. it's so good. It's so good. So yeah, wherever you are, I think that'll play a diff- make a difference in how this is going to look for you when you mm-hmm. decide to dip your toes in. But I think one of the first things to consider is just, like you said, where in the industry do you want to land? And you don't necessarily need to put too much stock in that off the bat. I think one of the easiest ways to get your foot in the door is to be in catering just because catering does have so many bodies. So if you're trying to join, (laughs) yeah, if you're trying to join a planning team, that's very, very limited because planners don't have that many events and that many assistants and that many people on their team per weekend. Whereas Mm. a caterer needs like 20 plus people per event and you can be one of those 20 plus people. So yeah. if you And are... catering
1: is like, it's a crazy world. I will say it's a crazy world, but it gives you an edge on some other folks that probably don't have that background because you get to see another aspect of the planning process that a lot of other folks might not be exposed to that don't have catering experience.
0: And you need to be organized. You need mm-hmm. to be customer sor- service oriented. You mm-hmm. need to be able to take a lot of shit and keep working. And honestly, say that, that one sucks. again. <laughs> It really makes a difference. You need to be able to do that. That's why I like people when I'm looking to hire who have customer service backgrounds. Mm -hmm. Whether that's in catering or anything else, customer service makes a difference because you need to know how to talk to people, how to deal with people, how to stay on top of things for them. And yeah, sometimes to take a little shit and- or a lot you know, just <laughs> keep on going. That's not to say be a push- pushover or not to say, you know, let someone be abusive and horrible to you, but people get grumpy. And yeah. sometimes you're just in a position to need to face that grumpiness head on.
1: Yeah. Let's talk about the customer service piece for a second, because I feel like that is the piece that can sometimes be the deciding factor for whether somebody stays in the industry when they just enter the industry. Because I feel like people tend to remember, especially if you're dealing with weddings, like, you know, yes, weddings are one-off events, but it's very different from say a corporate meeting or a fundraiser or something like that, because there's it's more than just an event. There's so much emotions and stress and, you know, that's wrapped up in, you know, planning a wedding. And so it's like, in addition to being organized and, you know, being knowledgeable about what you do and all those other more kind of like technical, like people can't see me, air quotes, technical (laughs) skills, you like, you really, really have to have, you know, some really good customer service foundation and be able to talk to people and be able to handle stressful situations because, you know, being in weddings is no joke. Like there's gonna, it's not always like rainbows and butterflies and tool and sparkles, like a lot of times it is, but not all the time. And all it's once, like all those things. Exactly. And it's like, you really have to be able to deal with those tough situations where, you know, you have to navigate, you know, the couple's emotions or their stress or, you know, having to deal with a crazy parent who is being nuts but they mean well and you know like all those like intricate types of interactions like you have to be able to you know deal with that and like take a little shit sometimes but also not be a pushover um and just really be able to navigate those kinds of situations so if you don't like people and if you don't like dealing with people or talking to people get out now just 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 Next episode, Stay away. No, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> Stay away, yes, do not get into this industry. That is what yeah. this is.
1: Or put yourself in a position where you're not client-facing.
0: Yes, be someone who goes on the tent setup crew, be yeah. someone who is behind the scenes, but don't be that person who has to see customers. Mm-hmm. So there are just different personality types and different backgrounds for this. I think if you like weddings and you wanna be in the wedding industry, that's probably because you do like people. So hooray, you have already checked one of the boxes. Um, I think another important thing, and this is more planning specific, is you need to give yourself a nice reality check and be open to the idea that planning is not all glamour. Because sure, we get to do some glamorous stuff. When you can socialize, there are a lot of Free networking events with free champagne. P. I was gonna yes, going to say free booze. You're going to get <laughs> sick of them. You're going to want to just go home when it's 6 p.m. and not go to yet another networking event. But stuff like that is fun. Catering tastings are fun. P.S. You're working during a catering tasting. You're not there as a guest, but it's still fun. Cake tastings, great. I was Cat- going to say cake. It's are you just amazing. reading my mind
1: like this whole episode, Kate? I the love it. The floral samples,
0: <laughs> all of it. But it's all done where you are working for someone else. You are not the client. You're managing it. You're the one who's setting it up. You're the one whose ass is on the line when you make a referral. You're the one who's reviewing the contracts and getting everything smoothed over for people and just mm. making sure the details are coming together. So it's not glamorous in the way it would be to be a maid of honor for your friend and to just be a maid of honor 10 times a year, which I think actually sounds really I was say <laughs> difficult that sounds myself. <laughs> but you don't, there isn't that same level of fun involved when you're doing anything professionally. So remember that Uh, it's a very physical job too. I think people really need to remember the physical aspects of it because we're working long days on our feet. We need to be able to get things done. So yeah, it is not a job for someone who is going to say two hours in, oh, my feet are swollen. I'm done. I can't do this. can't happen. You can't quit. You can't leave. You're there. You're stuck. Yeah. Side note to any
1: planners out there that can survive a whole day in heels more power yeah. to you yeah no never don't seen do it. it I've never done it. Do it when I used to do all the corporate stuff like I could probably survive like you know like four hours in heels but like for a wedding like I can't
0: well but and nice you know is, you have to be able to power through because the days are long yes I, <laughs> yes I have some comfy heels wedding yes I have some comfy heels and even those I wouldn't wear because mm-hmm. If I need to move quickly, I'm probably gonna move a little slower in the heels. Yeah. And I also, just like I tell my team, like no one on my team, you know this, is allowed to wear any kind of heel because you need to have safe shoes because you're going in a kitchen, you're going on different surfaces, you can't wipe out. So it's more of a safety thing to me than anything else. Just wear flats, keep it safe and comfortable. And uh, you know, don't try to doll up. The goal is to blend into the background.
1: Yeah, or like do your eyebrows real good or something like that. But, you know, like you don't
0: need to be, you know, dressed from
1: head to toe to the nines because, like Kate said, you really just want to be comfortable, be able to move around, be able to bend down and pick things up and move things around if you need to do that. Um Also, let's talk about the physical labor piece because I feel like people forget about that. Like, you will have to move things. You may have to help someone carry something or, you know, help bring in, you know, a piece of furniture or, you know, boxes. So, there is some physical labor to it. So, just be prepared for that. Like, it's not always a glamorous job, like Kate said. So, just be prepared to really, you know, jump in and get your hands dirty when you need Mm -hmm. to. You can rest when the wedding is over. (laughs)
0: So yeah, just definitely check your expectations for what the job is going to be like and for what Mm -hmm. the hours look like. Weddings and this kind of work where you have to do the administrative stuff during the week, but you also Mm -hmm. have to be available on weekends can take a toll on people. So really make sure you are comfortable with the kind of hours that are required and you'll need to be flexible with that and also make sure you're good at setting boundaries because otherwise you will never catch a break. There's always going to be someone who wants to talk to you at 8am on a Sunday. Believe me, I've gotten this request many times and sometimes it's just not going to happen. Sometimes you need that Sunday to recharge because you've been on for so many days in a row doing other things and you just need a little bit of a rest. So be able and willing to set those boundaries so you don't burn yourself out.
1: Yeah. Um, One thing that came to mind too is, you know, be prepared to really, you know, have the mindset of being in a learning environment and being a sponge, especially if you're relatively new to just the world of weddings and events and you're taking an internship or you're, you know, Applying to be an assistant somewhere, like really take the opportunity to learn from the people around you. And even if you do have experience, like don't presume that your way is the best way or that you have all the answers or that it's your way or the highway, because it's like every I would. I don't wanna say every planner does everything differently, but even the best planners, you know, might not all do things the exact same way. And I think you can do yourself a disservice and also possibly burn a potential bridge if you aren't open to learning from the people around you. So I would say definitely, you know, be gracious and be a sponge and, you know, take it as a learning opportunity um, from the professionals that you're working with. Um, Cause that's gonna be really, really beneficial you know, whether you decide to stay with that company or whether you decide to move somewhere else or start your own, like it's all going to be beneficial information. Um, So you definitely want to kind of have that mindset in the beginning. And I I learned stuff from you you all the time, Kate.
0: Oh, thank you. (laughs) What you, well, you too what you said about not burning bridges I think is so, so, so important. Super important. So let's talk about some ways you can either ingratiate yourself to people in the industry or you can totally burn a bridge with someone in the industry. Um, it's a small industry and there are only so many people in it and then there are so only so many people in it in any particular area who actually have influencing power. So those are the people who are known and trusted and kind of what they say goes. Like if they've had Mm -hmm. a bad experience with somebody, word will typically get around. And that's Mm -hmm. not because anyone's trying to take anyone's chances or anything, it's just someone asks like, hey, why isn't so-and-so with you anymore? Or can you, I noticed so-and-so worked for you and you're, you're trying to give a nice response. But there are definitely ways you can inadvertently shoot yourself in the foot. So what I love to see if someone is interested in us and maybe they want a job. First of all, you want to research the company before you contact them. Don't send out some mass email. For the love of God, do not copy paste text.
1: Don't because do
0: it. My, my emails, like when someone has weirdly formatted stuff that they've copied pasted, because of the way my emails show up, I always see that. And it always looks funny to me. I know you did it. Secondly, research the company. Get the name right. If someone calls us Chicago Vintage Rentals or something, like, boom, done. You didn't even get our company name right. Same with the name. If you don't address me by my name or say something personalized that isn't boilerplate, I'm not going to be interested. If there are typos or spelling errors or weird punctuation errors, done. You're out. Just because for what I do, like I can't have someone who might be interacting with a client who's going to spell things incorrectly and doesn't know the difference between all the theirs or all the yours Mm -hmm. or anything like that. Um, So that really helps just to send a very personalized email, be sincere, talk about your background and talk about what you can offer the company. So Mm -hmm. if you're leading with, I have no experience and I'm just interested in learning more, like, mm, no get yourself to a better level before you reach out to the owner of a small company saying you have no experience and you want to learn more cuz basically most of the time if you're doing that all they're hearing is hey i want to waste your time and you're probably not going to get anything out of this yeah so if sure. it feels like a one-way street probably not the best thing to bring to the owner of a small company maybe Get your foot in the door first. Talk to someone you know who can help you get a catering gig or talk to someone who can let you shadow, but you know them or someone they know knows them. So work those connections before you get to that point so you can demonstrate that you're serious once you do decide to go to the kind of business in the industry that you really want to impress.
1: Yeah, Um, I love everything you said um, from a, if you're trying to get experience perspective, but if you're trying to, well, not but, but also in addition to everything you just said, um, if you're, you know, from a vendor perspective, if you are new to the industry and you're trying to make industry connections, pretty much same thing that Kate says really applies, to be honest, you know, I think, you know, weddings and events, like it's a very, because of the nature of the work, I think it also kind of expands kind of expands to just like the nature of the industry like it's a very personal kind of personalized industry and you know like Kate was saying referrals and word of mouth and reputation go a long 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 very very long way um and you know your reputation can hold a lot of weight in the industry and it doesn't necess- and that doesn't necessarily mean that you know everybody knows you and you're famous within the industry. It just means that, you know, when someone mentions your name in the room, you know, it's a small industry, people may also know you and you would hope that those people have nice, gracious things to say about you. Um, And so it's just about, you know, being genuine with the connections that you make with other vendors. Like I think one of the things that, you know, always rubbed me the wrong way sometimes about people. And again, this is very, very rare because 99.9% of the people I've met in the industry, I absolutely love and are wonderful. But, you know, sometimes I have met people that, you know, kind of rub me the wrong way based off of that first impression, whether they kind of come in just trying to be like a diva and like, you know, I'm, you know, this person and all of you other vendors are below me, like having that kind of mentality or, you know, it it happened. Um, yeah. And so just kind of like having that persona that's like not pleasant, it will make people not want to work with you. It will also make people not want to refer, you know, clients to you for whatever business that you have. So it's just, you know, be gracious and, you know, be personable and really think about how you're interacting with other people within the industry, because it's a small world and you never know who knows who. And, you know, that person that you rubbed the wrong way or may have been rude to, or whatever the case may be, they might be that one in between person that could have potentially connected you to, you know, someone that you might want to have a connection with. So I would definitely say just, just be nice.
0: Yeah, totally. And
1: and be personable.
0: You made me think of two different things too. So first, one of the things that I think you should be really clear about when you are approaching people isn't just, you know, being gracious, but be very clear about your intentions. Yeah. So if your goal is to start assisting for a long time, or if your goal is just to pick up a few gigs while you're free, but you're looking for something full-time and then you'll quit. Or you're just trying to learn more and you're not sure, or you, this one, you absolutely need to share. You are looking to learn a little bit so you can go and start your own competing company. Be very clear about that. Mm-hmm. Be very clear. It is not a good look. It will not help you. If you all of a sudden are trying to get a gig with somebody, you're taking up their time, they're a small business owner, and then you're like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm, I'm going to do this too. It's yeah. not good. Yeah. So be super clear about what you are trying to do. And are you trying to do that as a competitor ultimately, or even in the short term, or are you trying to do that maybe as a member of their team or as someone in a different city or something like that? I also really, really like when people are not just like you said, Alison, gracious and kind and easy to work with, but really demonstrate that they're going to respect everyone's time. And I think a really good way to demonstrate this is to make sure that when you are working those connections, you're being respectful about Mm -hmm. it. So don't just ask for people you can cold contact, make sure that they're okay being contacted. So say, Hey, could you set up an introduction? And then that person might reach out. This is what I do. I don't like to just make blind introductions. Like, Hey, you two, I thought you could work together unless it's totally one-sided for one person and then maybe I'm not going to tell them in advance if it's like oh this person wants to do all this stuff and give you all this money and you don't have to do anything and you'll be on tv like great if it's a great deal for one person I'm still probably going to give them a heads up before I send an introduction email Mm -hmm. but what I don't like is sometimes I'll just hear from someone they're like oh yeah so and so told me I could talk to you about getting into the industry or so-and-so like sends me the email to introduce me to someone and now I'm in a tough position where it's like, I'm busy or I'm not interested or whatever. It's not going to be a a fit for some reason, but I've already been put on the spot. So definitely be respectful of that too. Yeah, that's a good one.
1: Um, And it also makes me think about situations where you're trying to get a job or make a connection or, you know, make a business connection as a vendor and you're not always going to get a yes. Um, And just being mindful of that and being okay with that and being gracious about that. It kind of ties into, like you were saying, Kate, kind of respecting people's time, but also just, you know, respect just people's time, but also, how am I trying to say this? also respect the fact that you know it might not be a good fit kind of like what you were saying and just being gracious about that because sometimes even how you take that rejection can still blossom into something like if for example you reach out to someone you know for a business opportunity or a job or something like that and they say you know unfortunately like I don't think it's going to be a fit or I don't have time or something like that like Be gracious and understanding. And, you know, sometimes, you know, they might, if you did your job well, sometimes they can say, you know, like, I appreciate you reaching out to me. I'm sorry, I'm not a good fit, but here's a different person that I think might be a better fit for you. So you can still sometimes get a a connection out of it if you go about it the right way, even if you're, you know, not necessarily getting a yes from the person that you were initially trying to make a connection with. Um and so it's like don't don't be sour grapes. Don't be like, you know, oh well I'll forget you then like I hope your business burns. Like don't don't do that. Like just Oh my god. Be gracious. For so many reasons.
0: <laughs> <laughs> For so many reasons, don't email someone that you hope their business burns down. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> that it would actually be hilarious. Um one thing that I think is important, and I didn't think of it until we started talking about this on this call, like how can you make these initial asks and this foot mm-hmm. in the door step more effective. I think thinking about the timing too is really important. So I'm personally an email person. I would always rather get an email. I don't want to get a cold call from someone looking for work, not in the day and age where you can find my email. So email me and think about the timing. If it's busy season in Chicago, I am definitely not going to have time for you. If we're talking like late April through pretty much Thanksgiving, that is not a good time to be asking people like, can I do this? And can I set up a call and an interview Mm -hmm. and all this other stuff? Because unless you are ready and willing to put like boots on the ground in action and you're able to do that, that's not a good time. And similarly, I think coming off of busy season when you're getting into the holidays, like no one's responsive, no one's really thinking about, okay, this is when I want to be taking on something new when I'm not even going to be busy for another few months. So I think the best time to reach out for potential planning work is say like mid-January through
1: Mm.
0: mid-April. If you're, at least from a planner's perspective, if you're looking to maybe get your foot in the door as a new assistant or something, that's typically the time we're going to be looking to build our roster. And when I'll have a little more time to devote to considering someone for that if I haven't worked with them before.
1: Yeah. And I would say like that can really apply to like really any area of planning whether it's planning or floral work or like catering like because busy season's kind of busy season for like most vendors around the same time period so um I would say if you're interested in other areas of you know weddings like same rules apply like caterers are still busy during busy season so are photographers so are you know design companies so just keep that in mind um Kate, how do you feel about people who, because this happens a lot and I know you probably know this too, people who are, they want to join the industry because they planned their own wedding. How do you feel about
0: that? (laughs) So I think you can definitely get the bug, but it all goes back to what we were talking about before. We're doing it for a client when you're doing it professionally, is totally different. Just 100%, 180 different because Mm -hmm. you're, doing this for someone else's vision with someone else's budget, you're the middleman now. And you're not, you're not in the driver's seat. Yes, exactly. You're not in the driver's seat, but you still need to be making sure that driver doesn't crash. And sometimes that driver might want to crash and you're grabbing the wheel, but you're doing it nicely and respectfully. So they don't get mad at you. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) That's a good analogy. It's like, you're not in the driver's seat, but you're like a co-pilot or the person that's navigating. You're the driver's ed
0: instructor who also has their own little emergency steering wheel (laughs) and emergency emergency (laughs) brake. Yes. You're the driver's ed instructor who is trying to keep these poor, helpless teenagers from crashing and burning on the highway.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I think you made a very important point, like really highlighting the fact that it's like, when you're planning your own wedding, you are the one in charge. You're the one making the decision, like all the major decisions for your wedding. Exactly. (laughs) And it's like, when you're on the vendor side, when you're on the planning side, like, you know, you have to be okay with kind of balancing that, you know, sense of control with the couple that you're working with, um, and being able to kind of guide and support and also being okay if, you know, they make a decision that you're like not hundred percent okay with, um, and being able to navigate situations like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not the same. I know, like you said, Kate, it's so easy to get the I can do this for a living bug after you plan your wedding. But just keep in mind that it's like, you're not in control. And you might, you're probably not going to have all of those support pieces that some people might have when they're planning their own wedding, whether it's like, you know, their partner support or support from their family or close friends and things like that. It's like you kind of have people that you can kind of go to and rely on when you're planning your own wedding compared to when you are providing a service, you might not have that same level of support, and you might be doing everything yourself, and yeah. you just kind of have to think about that.
0: Well, and let's be real, too. Most wedding planners are, who are independent, who are not doing this as an employee, who are not doing this for a larger business, like a hotel or something, they are not going to make above poverty-level wages in a year on their wedding and planning income alone. It's a side hustle, Mm -hmm. Or it's going to be just something that maybe is supported by another partner who's working. It's not always that level of income that's going to support a family for most people. It's a side hustle. And that's because it's very tough to make it work as a full-time professional gig. If you can make it work, more power to you. But if everyone were able to make this happen, like everyone can say they're a planner, everyone can get one or two gigs, making it a full-time job is a totally different story. Yeah. So really do sure. your research before you make the full jump or you might end up feeling really frustrated and unprepared,
1: yeah. Or like in over your head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think like the hardest thing too is, and it, you know, again, like it's a small industry. Um, not everyone does it. And I think the frustrating part for me sometimes is that there's, things in the media like movies and things like that that really kind of glamorize you know what this industry actually is and kind of you know sets up you know false expectations of what the job is like (laughs) like sometimes like seriously like sometimes people are like you know I thought I could be a wedding planner because I saw the wedding planner movie which is a great movie by the (laughs) way don't get me wrong but it's like also we're not going to steal the groom. exactly like don't do that. Um, But like, if you think about that movie and how it's portrayed, like all you see is her walking around with some fabulous Gucci heels, which are also amazing. Um, And like in a cute little office and, you know, looking fabulous running around San Francisco, trying to not fall in love with this man. Um, But it's just like, I do like,
0: Mm -hmm. don't even get
1: me started, but it's like, you you, you don't see like all the craziness that actually happens behind the scenes when you're really actually wedding planning. And so it's just like, if you saw a movie that had wedding planning in it and you thought, that I want to do this for a living, really sit down and have a real look in the mirror with yourself and listen to this episode (laughs) and everything we're saying. And ask yourself, if that's something that you really want to do, especially when it comes to the financial part, which I didn't even think about Kate. So I'm glad that you brought it up where it's like, if you really want to make this like a full-time supporting yourself with no other job type of job, like there's a lot of work that goes into that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like, from what I know, like, I don't know any planners that are independent planners that like, it's just them. Like, I don't know any that do this like full time and make above minimum wage, you know what I mean? Without at least like a small team or, you know, having kind of like some sort of kind of small business structure to kind of support that kind of momentum where you can get the level of income to fully support yourself without having another
0: job. So just something to keep in mind. Yeah, it it does end up being a lot. So I wanna slip it and say something positive about, okay, you wanna get in the industry, you've found some contacts, you got your foot in the door, so how can you make a good impression? And I think a lot of that is the same for every industry really. So be enthusiastic, Mm -hmm. be very, very punctual, be very available. Um, And I would really wanna advise people to clarify what your supervisor, your boss, whoever it is, what their preferred communication style is. Mm -hmm. And that's preferred communication style for outside of events and preferred communication style during events. Because some people are texters, some people are not. I am not a texter until I get to the day of a wedding and then I'm a major texter. But I have to tell my clients, like, hey, don't text me normally because... I'm just going to lose that, like I'm not going to be able to mark it on red, I can't search Mm -hmm. for it through my email, like it's going to be lost if you text me normally. So ask about that, Um, see what their boundaries are and what the, the corporate culture is really, because maybe they want you to ask a lot of questions, maybe they want you to do that to some extent, but then to seem a little more independent, or they only have so much time to devote, or typically if they are available to you to answer questions or meet or do whatever, it's like the mornings or the evenings or the weekends. Mm-hmm. So see what works for them and be willing to adapt to that. I think that'll help you go a long way just showing that you're, you're really on board to do what works for the company.
1: Yeah, I like that. I have nothing to add to everything that you just said. That <laughs> great. <laughs>
0: Uh, I think being really proactive with communication is so important too, not to the point that you're bothering anybody, but Mm -hmm. follow up on things, document things, Uh, make sure that you are confirming appointments and stuff like that. It'll go a really long way.
1: Yeah. Confirm appointments, double check all emails before you send them, be 10 minutes early for everything, (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: all the things. Um, It makes a big difference. I like five minutes early. I'm usually like 15 minutes early, but then I'll just sit in the car, or walk around yeah. or something because I don't want to be too extra. And I I'll usually go in like shoot five for 15,
1: early. so that way I have cushion
0: time. Yeah, I feel like five to eight for when I enter is my sweet spot.
1: Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. And then it just like, it just takes off so much anxiety, like when you just get to where you need to be and you're there and you don't have to worry. So oh, just 100%. Should be early. If yeah, this is that the industry 5:00. to be late. Yeah, oh, hell When no. people
0: are spending tens of thousands <laughs> of dollars per hour for everything to be flawless, do not be late.
1: Don't be late. Don't be late for your <laughs> clients. Don't be late if you're meeting with other vendors. Like, don't be late.
0: Yep. <laughs> I think uh, another, another tip is just, you don't know who's going to help you in this industry. So mm-hmm. referrals, connections, all that comes from, all sorts of places so this kind of goes back Allison to what you were saying where don't act stuck up don't act like you're above anybody don't be Um, a butthole (laughs) yeah be be nice to people like don't be the kind of person who's maybe nice to the catering supervisor but not nice to the catering staff oh hell no is isn't a good look catering staff make miracles work like and also yeah I mean even if we're being So obviously, like, just be a decent person, be decent Mm -hmm. to everyone anyway, be nice to the catering staff, because they're people, right? But from a professional, more self-interested perspective, like, you never know, some people are working their way up in the company, you might be working with them as a supervisor or a sales director or something one day. I've gotten, I got a really great intern one year who was part of the catering team who wanted to learn more about planning and came to us as an intern. And he took the initiative to do that. Uh, And he liked the way we were running the event. He was like, hey, can I get involved? Can I learn more? And because I saw what hustle he had on the Mm -hmm. catering, I was like, yeah, great. (laughs) Let's get you in. So it really does make a difference to be nice to people and to not disregard any connections while still respecting your sanity. If you've got 50 people a week reaching out, wanting something from you, of course, set some limits, (laughs) but (laughs) be gracious.
1: Yeah, and you never know who's watching. I hate to make it sound like creepy, like you should be on your toes. But like, seriously, like, if I was, you know, working an event and noticed that, you know, a venue manager was, you know, being like really crappy to a catering supervisor or something like that, like those kinds of things stick in my mind, you know what I mean? And it's like, you know, we've talked about this before, like how important it is to have, you know, a solid, solid vendor team. And when you get to the point where you're used to working with, you know, certain people, you know, over the course of, you know, X amount of weddings, like those kinds of connections become really, really important and really can really make or break your event. And so you never know who's watching when you're working and just, don't be a
0: butthole. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I, I have heard several times that the vendors who refer to us, many of them have said, like, we refer to you because you're, you're nice to people. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean we can't come down when we need to, but we don't come in acting like a jerk. And they said, you know, really, there are just some planners we won't work with because maybe they're not even necessarily that good at their job, but they act like they are the be all end all of everything. Yeah. And kind of they're just so difficult. The wedding industry. <laughs> yeah, so they're so difficult for some other vendors to work with that they don't want to refer to these planners. Yeah. And obviously, I mean it's all over the map. Like not everyone's like that. There are a lot of great planners. There are great planners that I love that I refer to when I can't take something. But I do hear the horror stories too. And mm-hmm. a lot of the horror stories they fall into two categories that frequently overlap, which are this person was completely incompetent and terrible at Ugh. communication but frequently that's the same person who was a total butthole. (laughs) Yeah, I just had a flashback. I'm triggered right now. Like, (laughs) (laughs) You'll have to tell me after the show.
1: Oh man, but no, definitely like, like not personality, but your people skills and being nice and your reputation for being a good good person really does go a long way in this industry. So don't discount that um, for a second because it could be, make or break between that next connection or that next opportunity for
0: sure yeah and work on being culturally competent and Mm -hmm. inclusive and not being judgy-wudgy so first of all judgy-wudgy by that I don't mean like you're a bigot I mean you're just going to get snippy if other people have different tastes than you do uh Mm -hmm. there isn't really a place for that you need to be tactful maybe you do hate the look of something that a client wants great doesn't matter the client wants it if you have a legitimate reason for raising concerns about it that's one thing but you need to be tactful and you need to remember that this is the client's event and you've been brought in to help facilitate this so leave the comments about stuff at the door because I could practically guarantee you you make a comment like that and maybe someone won't even say something but they're gonna be like oh but my grandma loves that and you know something is going to hurt their feelings if you get too snippy about things have some tact (laughs) have some tact be again it goes back to being gracious and when we're talking about inclusivity and being culturally competent make sure you do make yourself aware and this is for anyone in any sector of the industry make yourself aware of different types of events so maybe your area has a lot of christian weddings and Mm -hmm. it's a lot of heterosexual couples and you know, maybe you feel like, oh, well, I don't need to know about South Asian weddings because I'm never going to work one or I don't need to know about Jewish weddings or I don't need to think about how my language needs to be adjusted for same-sex weddings because I'm using really heteronormative language. But all of that does make a difference and you want to make it the standard to be respectful and inclusive across the board. So really work on using, I would encourage at least uh, non-gendered language. You know, I don't say... And I train my team not to say the bride and groom. It's the couple. Like It's easier, too. It's fewer words and letters and all of it. But just say the couple. Because then you don't need to think about it. You don't need to modify. It applies to any two people who are in love. It's perfect. Um, Don't... So I will do things like not talking about... Like in my contracts, I don't say the bride and the groom. I just say the couple. So partner one, partner two, stuff like that. Uh, Really do work on this be open-minded about ways you might take constructive criticism and improve and always be working toward this like no one is 100 on top of all the language and all the things to be sensitive to for every single religion and every single culture and every single thing but work on it and be open and try to learn yeah I love the try to learn piece that's super
1: important Never, I always say never assume that you're the smartest person in the room because you can always yes. learn something from someone about anything.
0: Good point. Yeah, it completely applies. All right. Well, what other tips do we have for joining the wedding industry for people who are interested? Oh, what haven't we covered? Ooh. Oh, the certifications.
1: Yeah. How do, well, how do you feel about certifications?
0: I don't feel great about certifications. <laughs> I know, well, that's why okay, I asked. So for, for catering and food safety and stuff, yes, absolutely. Yes. But for the event planning certifications, what I found just in sorting through applicants, and also I know I'm biased because I don't have this, it's all on the job learning, but I think really the on the job learning matters so much more. And I do it think does. that academic training counts for a lot in that you need those soft skills you need the written communication, the verbal communication, you need the critical thinking skills, the anal- like all the analytics. So it is really important to, you know, be a generally well-rounded person when it comes to your education, I think. But when it comes to a specific event planning certification, I think a lot of the programs don't really teach you anything that you wouldn't learn in, you know, a couple of days working in the industry, and they're not going to help weed out like who's actually going to do well at this versus who's going to be miserable and fail out pretty quickly because they don't like the pace of things.
1: Yeah, and it's not to say that you can't get us, you know, some sort of certification if that's something that you want to do, but I definitely agree with Kate that on the job experience, weighs a lot more than a certification because like when you're in the heat of the moment on site at an event like those you know experience and those skills like it shows if you have those experience and those skills like when you're in the in the heat of the moment like nobody cares whether you have a certification or not
0: yeah it's and just if you do okay. have one and you
1: suck at your job like your certification doesn't mean anything
0: yeah. It's more like, all right, can they really train you for what do you do when you've just stepped in vomit and you need to tell catering about that and you need to block people from it gently and you need to make sure that it gets cleaned up and also that that person gets cut off at the bar and you need to go cue the dances right now too. So how are you going to delegate all this?
1: Yeah. Those I love the that one of things your, you learn like, on the job. Your top disasters at a wedding involves vomit.
0: <laughs> well, I've gotten, I've literally gotten vomit on myself more than once and I've never been so the gross. vomit cleaner upper. It has just happened. One time I flopped it on myself off a bed sheet that had been wadded up with vomit in it. And the other time I stuck my hand on a doorknob that had, oh God. Yeah. So bad. Don't join so the writing industry. You'll
1: get vomit all over you. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Be
0: prepared for, uh, get a hazmat suit, but it's, uh, you know, you need to be really good at just handling things on the fly and handling things professionally and competently and uh, very, very efficiently. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, we didn't dig too, too deep into this, but, and I know that, Kate, you kind of prefaced everything by saying that, you know, where you are located, you know, that's going to be a big factor in just, you know, the best way to go about things because every city is different you know so every market is different so i would say you know know your market um do your research see what's out there see if you can kind of get a sense of you know how the wedding industry or the event industry is kind of structured within the place that you live um and then kind of go about it from there cuz like we said before there's a lot of different ways that you can, you know, get your foot in the door. Um but I think it'll be a little bit easier for you if you kind of get the lay of the land first before you kind of start trying to reach out to people. Mm-hmm. Um because like go hey, to networking saying, events.
0: Yeah, exactly. You can do open networking events too, which mm-hmm. helps. And I think it's also a really just important thing to comment on so people are aware and I don't remember if this is a federal labor law or if this is a state labor law, but for where we're situated, it is not legal for someone to make you an unpaid intern. If you are not getting academic credit louder for those, not in the legal. back. not legal to get you to work for free. If you're not getting academic credit for the internship. All right. If you aren't getting academic credit, you need legally, to be getting paid anyone in the industry who would take you on and let you do slave labor for them is not someone that you might want to be working with so please keep that in mind and don't let anyone take advantage of you that's a really good point good to know because that's not something that a lot of people would know about Mm no no so no know, know the labor laws where you are, make sure no one's taking advantage. Just because you're eager to get your foot in the door does not mean you need to undervalue yourself and does not mean you need to put yourself in a in a bad position because anyone who would take you on and would exploit you like that isn't going to be the kind of company that you want to have a relationship with anyway, once you are ready to start really working in the industry.
1: Yeah, that's a good point.
0: Mm-hmm. That's my two cents, though, because I'm <laughs> very big on paying people fairly and making sure that you know they understand what the expectations are. I've never, I've had people offer. They're like, "Oh, can I just work for you for free and get experience?" I'm like, no, like that won't let you right. work. That's not right. Exactly. Like, if someone's working for me, it's because I am benefiting from them working for me, and therefore they are going to get paid, unless they're an academic intern. Who's getting credit? That's how it works. All right.
1: Mm, have we? Let me come left any? I think we've covered most things. Um, don't call Kate on her phone if you want. If you hear this in one advice, <laughs> follow our advice in the in this episode. Don't you dare text. Can they email? Don't you us? text me? <laughs>
0: yeah, email. Email. It's the wave of the future.
1: It is, and I just I love to. I'm a big fan of receipts and paper trails so I, I'm also a really big fan of email also mm-hmm. like I always tell people like no matter what it is whether it's like work related planning related even like you know when I'm dealing with these lovely women that I'm advising and supporting I always tell them like if it's not a fire like if it if it's not important and it's more kind of like low-key like you know hey how are you doing hope you're having a sunny day like that's great for text if it's like hey like I'm having this situation, and there is X amount of dollars on the line, or whatever the case may be, put it in writing. In an email. In an email. Or a nice letter. <laughs> or a notarized letter. letter. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say a letter on real nice letterhead. That's also fine Amazing. too. Amazing. Also, not everybody does that. I was
0: say that. <laughs> Do With you have a, a typewriter? Nice I yes,
1: really use one. I don't have any room for one, though.
0: Yeah, I have one, but it doesn't actually work. So, yeah. I mean I guess I could get it fixed, but I just use it cuz it's pretty. Like we have it, it in the really We have it in the office. Oh yeah, you've seen it. Mm-hmm. So, if people want to reach us whether they want to say, "Hey, you're jerks about getting into the industry," or <laughs> they want to say, "Thank you for making sure I didn't take on that weird illegal unpaid internship," or you just want to tell us what you think or offer up a topic suggestion or see what we have to say about something, reach out to us via email at itty bitty witty committee at gmail.com or you can reach out to us on instagram yeah we'll we'll accept
1: dms DMs as a professional form of communication as long as the communication itself is professional
0: i don't think people send us professional messages do they Eh, Sometimes, hello dear dear sir slash madam we've gotten a couple Most of the time, (laughs) most people will usually
1: email us, but there's been one or two that have fallen into our DMs.
0: Gotcha. So yeah, you can reach us on Instagram, IBWC underscore podcast. You can email us. You can leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. I guarantee you, we'll see it. We'll love it. We'll be so happy. And you can tell people about us if you like the podcast. Exactly.
1: Do that. Do all the things, all the social media liking, following, subscribing, things. Only if you like us, though. If you don't like us, then no pressure. Don't feel
0: <laughs> obligated. And we'll be back next week with a special guest, Samantha Meyer of Samantha Meyer Studio, a luxury calligrapher, illustrator, stationer. She does it all, so it'll be a fun time. I'm excited.
1: Time. Um, I'll do a post next week. Or maybe if like the, the end of the week that this episode will be airing, I think I'll post a little thing on our Instagram. So if you guys have any questions for Samantha, you can submit those and we can ask her when we have her on the show.
0: Yay. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being you and special shout out to all of our number one listeners, AKA Megan, who I think is our most reliable (laughs) listener she really is she's so awesome
1: I hope that wedding planning is going well for you Megan right now
0: (laughs) take care everyone thank you bye